0: and welcome to the ATEM podcast. My name is Dorota Buschela and this is the place to be to catch up on what you missed at the 2021 edition of the online 24 hours of ATEM. So for this 15th episode, we will cover the green head and revolution. Let's start the engines.
1: The session that we will have is called The Green Head uh, Revolution. This uh, session is uh, co-presented with our partners, Dell and uh, AMD. I'm very glad to see that uh, we have a wide audience today, coming in fact from all over the world. So once again, uh, welcome. I'm Femin John, I'm based in Singapore. uh, I will be acting as the moderator for this uh, webinar For this next one hour, I would say. So today we'll be talking about uh, the green uh, head and revolution. And to address this subject, I have with me two speakers. Uh, I'll uh, introduce uh, both of them. Um, The first person is uh, Arun Arun Armogan, who would be representing both AMD as well as Dell. Arun is a seasoned uh, IT professional with over twenty years of experience. Across uh, the India and the APJ markets, he has been in various uh, roles across uh, sales, product, and alliances in companies like HP, Intel, Microsoft, and presently handles the APAC market at AMD. Thank you, Arun, for joining us today. Along with Arun, we are the our other speaker would be Babu Krishnamurthy, who is from ATEN. Babu is our head of operations at ATOM APEC. He's uh, covering pre-sales deployment and support for our region. And he comes with over 15 years of experience in the industry. Babu has held several positions as cloud solution architect and business development deal lead in companies specialized in video and telecom. Thank you Babu for joining us today. Hello along with, along with these two people we also have uh, two uh, representatives uh, representatives from Dell, Arun and uh, Bertram, who would be as well uh, along with us uh, during this uh, one hour. Hi, everybody. So going on, hi guys. Going on to the agenda first uh, Arun will talk about the latest uh, innovations on the AMD and how we can bring the data center to the next level and In the second part, Babu will describe how ATEM can leverage Dell along with AMD to reduce costs and maximize efficiency. Of course, we will then finish with the Q&A. So just to remind on the uh, rules of the webinar, before we jump into the presentation, a few guidance for the Q&A. As you can see, everybody is on mute you can still ask your questions using the q a button feel free to write some during the presentation and uh, we will reply as many as possible at the end of the uh, presentation so along with this i will uh, move or give uh, control to uh, Arun to start with the uh, his uh, session thank you guys Arun, over to you.
2: Thank you. Um, Again, thank you to ATEM for uh, inviting us uh, for this uh, wonderful event. Uh, Great idea, and we are really happy to partner with ATEM. Um, uh, Can everyone hear me clearly? Everything's okay? Okay, perfect. Uh, So I hope all of you are safe and well wherever in the world you are. Uh, And it's a funny time that we are all meeting. Uh, Online, um, But I hope all of you are safe and doing well. Uh, Today I want to be talking about some of the uh, systems and uh, CPUs that ATEM is using uh, in uh, their uh, premises and this is something that we want to talk about uh, and share with you guys on um, uh, how this is working for ATEM. And we also want to go through um, some of the systems uh, and the best practices that uh, we are practicing uh, at that Uh, So just to uh, kick off this, um, the CPU is sort of the heart of the data center. Um, This is how our roadmap looks. uh, And AMD has come back into the server market from 2017 onwards. We have this new product called Epic. Uh, The first generation was codenamed Naples. Uh, any CPU that ends in, uh, starts in 7 and ends in 1 uh, is a Naples generation. It was a 14 nanometer product. Uh, we migrated to the second generation, uh, which is called Rome, which is what is presently shipping. It's a 7 nanometer product. And then we'll be migrating to Milan uh, in the middle of uh, March. Mm-hmm. So in the next two weeks, you'll have a new lineup from AMD, which is codenamed Milan. Uh, uh, this starts shipping from uh, 16th uh, March uh, and sometime in the beginning of next year, we will move to our five nanometer product, uh, which is codenamed Genoa. Um, so what I want to um, s- uh, s- highlight here is that we've had a roadmap uh, and we've executed to this roadmap and we are well uh, on track uh, to moving to uh, Genoa. Um, why is seven nanometers such a big deal? And uh, you know, what is it that uh, we can do from 7 nanometer? Um, 7 nanometer um, actually allows for lower power costs uh, and lower cooling costs. Um, So as you know, the topic of today's discussion is, you know, uh, how can we make things more green and how can we lower the uh, power and cooling costs that our industry is uh, consuming right now? Uh, At the same time, it provides uh, uncompromising performance and is definitely uh, superior than the prior generations of nanometers. So for example, uh, uh, a Rome would definitely be better than Naples because it's a seven nanometer product and it will be better than a 14 nanometer product. Similarly, Genoa, whenever it comes out will be better than Milan or Rome because it's a five nanometer product. You can have much more instruction cycles built into a much, much smaller uh, surface area. Now, what does seven nanometer actually entail and why, why is it a big deal? Uh, you know, Uh, Some of our competition are not yet there on seven nanometers. Uh, It's still on, they're still on 14 nanometers. And what is it that, uh, uh, you know, uh, seven nanometer enables? Uh, And specifically with ATEM's uh, case, uh, and maybe most of you all who are into the video delivery space, um, we allow 64 cores, thanks to the seven nanometer technology and we are likely to uh, ramp this up as we go on to Genoa next year. Uh, we have 64 cores and 128 threads, which allows for a lot of parallel processing, uh, much faster turnaround times when it comes to uh, multiple workloads being uh, handled. We have PCI Gen 4 uh, something which competition doesn't have today. Uh, we are the only CPU vendor with PCI Gen 4 as of today, uh, and this will continue in uh, Milan and we will move into PCI Gen 5 as Genova comes out next year. And we allow for 4TB memory expandability per CPU, all of it in a maximum TDP of 225 watts. Uh, Our wattage starts from 120 watts from a server CPU. Uh, An 8-core CPU from AMD will uh, work at 120-watt TDP uh, and goes up to 225 from a Rome perspective. And from a Milan perspective, it could go anywhere between uh, 240 to 250 watts, and we allow for precision boost of around 3.4 gigahertz. right? So all this is enabled through, uh, um, you know, having uh, seven nanometer uh, CPU. Uh, this is what our roadmap looks today. Uh, this will change, you know, in a couple of weeks time as Milan comes in. But the key thing that I wanna highlight here is all the features that I talked about is available on every single CPU. It's not like our competition where we say some of the CPUs have you know, five features, some more have 10 features, some more have 15 features. No, every single CPU from AMD has all the uh, feature sets that I talked about. So it's a full-blooded uh, roadmap uh, with all the complete um, goodness that we can bring from 7 nanometers. okay? <clears throat> That's the power of simplicity. Uh, This has resulted in us in the past one and a half years taking more than 170 world records across the HPC, media and entertainment, SDI, uh, big data and cloud space. Um, As you can see, uh, in the media and entertainment space, uh, we do really well uh, across rendering, uh, be it uh, uh, CPU or GPU rendering. Uh, We also do very well in integer performance uh, and Java-based performance uh, uh, as well. Um, so um, let's, I talked about what's the technology that we used, I talked about some of the features that we have. Uh, I, I want to talk uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, what's the uh, um, comparison in performance between us uh, and our competition, right? So if you take a one socket from our competition, versus a one socket from AMD, uh, you see the performance, single-socket performance is on 2x, if not better, right? Uh, we've taken the top two bins of our competition versus uh, the entire stack from AMD, uh, and, um, you, you know, the comparison is not only from a performance point of view, from a cost or acqu- acquiring CPUs of AMD and a machine with AMD, um, the cost would be much, much lower than buying yeah. something from a, a competition. Uh, when it comes to... Um, Uh, You look at uh, uh, TDPs, we are much lower. You look at the real estate it takes to uh, house the CPUs uh, or the servers on AMD, it would be 50% less because that's the performance benefit that you give. So if you have existing servers of about 100 units, um, uh, 100 uh, servers of uh, Intel, you can replace it with around 50 servers of uh, AMD EPIC, which would do the same task for you. Um, and don't forget the licensing cost on um, you know, having 50 fewer servers can pay back the investment that you make on the server itself uh, in a, a time span of around three years. So this is on single socket. If you take dual socket, like a lot of you might say that, hey, this is a great story, but you know what? We don't really have too many single sockets in our premises. We have mostly dual socket. If you look at a dual socket performance versus our single socket performance, it's almost comparable and slightly better from a top bin perspective. So um, not only do you save on, uh, you know, powering up uh, a data center with the dual socket, you can also save a lot on licensing costs because a lot of uh, the software today is per socket uh, licensing. So um, this is a great uh, benefit that we can offer Uh, At the same time, you consume less power, take up less real estate, which is also green and uh, helps the environment and build carbon credits for yourself. So this is something that I would definitely encourage you guys to explore. Um, And this is only going to get better as we move into our Milan, which is the third generation. So this will uh, give you a performance benefit anywhere between 15 to 25%, uh, depending on the workload that you use, right? So, what is the key difference between um, Milan and Rome, and what does it uh, deliver to you? Uh, Both Rome and Milan are seven nanometer products. So, um, uh, technically, they're the same. Uh, And when it comes to implementation, for example, if you're using a Dell system uh, and your present Dell systems are taking the Rome CPUs, uh, when you want to upgrade to a Milan uh, CPU, you just have to refresh the BIOS. Uh, and you can drop in a uh, Milan CPU and the system will continue to work. Uh, so the, uh, the products from Dell and certain vendors are future ready, um, but do check with the vendor that you're using. Uh, I can speak for Dell and the Dell team is here uh, that the Dell systems are future ready and can take both the ROM and Milan CPUs on the same box. Um, <clears throat> so we have uh, newer features coming in from a Milan perspective, Enhanced security features, um, BIOS update required if you're moving from a Rome to a Milan. Like I said, uh, we support four channel, six channel, or eight channel memory configs. Uh, we recommend eight channel, but you know if a lot of you are used to working on uh, six channel, um, we are happy to uh, allow the system allows you uh, to use six channel uh, memory configs. And we also have um, enhanced memory performance through Infinity uh, Fabric and a much bigger. Uh, L3 cache. Um, If you see from a Rome perspective, the L3 cache that we had uh, on Rome um, was 16 MB, which was shared across four cores. Uh, So each of these cores uh, could access a maximum of uh, 16 MB. But when you look at uh, uh, Milan, uh, each core can access the entire 32 MB of L3 cache. Um, This makes the response time super fast, right? Uh, the latency is reduced uh, uh, really well, uh, especially if you think of yourself as um, uh, CDN, if you're delivering content uh, online, the latency is reduced and it's a seamless experience for the customer. Uh, And as we roll out 5G, all these are going to become that much more uh, important towards the customer's uh, uh, experience of uh, video delivery uh, to a remote location, right? Uh, so this is what um, Milan e- enables, uh, uh, allows each and every core to access the entire L3 cache uh, as and when required. Um, so um, just to summarize, you know all all the stuff that I'm talking about. If you had hundred existing dual socket servers, which are most likely to be on Intel Xeon, you can replace it either with fifty single socket uh, AMD boxes or fifty dual socket AMD boxes. Um, and the payback time would be less than three years. So you have a total cost of ownership, uh, which comes down by about 45%. You would need 50% fewer servers. So imagine if you have a huge fleet, uh, it can save you a lot in terms of acquisition costs, can save you a lot in terms of real estate costs, power costs, uh, more than 60% uh, savings and uh, power can be enabled through using uh, the AMD CPUs. At the same time, uh, what's not mentioned here is the uh, licensing cost, right? If you're paying for dual socket licenses, uh, you can save 50% just in licensing costs. So uh, across the kind of licensing that you might be using. Um, to sum it up, not only do we offer you the best TCO, um, you know, where we can save up to 50% uh, of the power or the acquisition cost or the licensing cost. We can also offer much better security and VM density, uh, and all this with the best performance. So you're not getting any compromise in terms of uh, performance from us. Most of these uh, CPUs have world record performances against them, uh, and offer the best uh, performance per licensing dollar spent. Um, from an acceptance uh, in the market perspective, uh, we've done really well in the past three years. Uh, we've had A great representation in the supercomputing uh, list that comes out. Uh, We have uh, the El Capitan and Frontier um, uh, installations, which are on AMD CPU and AMD GPU as well. Uh, Exascale computing. We also have a lot of uh, presence with Dell. The San Diego Supercomputing Center is in the top 20 list and it's a Dell installation on AMD. Uh, We've had great uh, success across Uh, academics, uh, universities, uh, defense, automotive, um, banking and finance, oil and gas, and healthcare. We also have more than 150 uh, cloud instances with AWS, uh, Microsoft, Azure, uh, Google Cloud, Oracle Cloud, uh, IBM Cloud, uh, across general purpose, HPC, analytics, database, and VDI. And the AMD instances are much much uh, uh, lower priced uh, than the other instances that you can find uh, in the market uh, we also have more than 150 uh, partners who take us uh, our various epic solutions uh, to the market uh, we have a whole bunch of uh, ihvs and isvs um, who have uh, who run epic uh, uh, as a backend uh, uh, all of you uh, who have uh, you know, Intel installations and are concerned whether your applications would migrate. Uh, End of the day, Epic is also an x86 platform. So uh, 99% of all applications written on x86 will work on an Epic uh, platform. Uh, If there is any issue or if you have a customized solution that you would like to migrate, please do reach out to either the Dell team or us and we're happy to uh, assist you in your migration as well. I also wanna talk about some of the certifications uh, that we have. Uh, all major operating systems uh, are certified on Epic. Um, so we have uh, uh, most of them certified, um, if not all. Uh, and from a lineup perspective, uh, if you look at the Dell uh, roadmap, uh, Dell has a complete roadmap from a, a AMD perspective. They have the best roadmap uh, in terms of Uh, various form factors, be it 1U or 2U, uh, single socket or dual socket, or if you want a compute dense server-led architecture, they have that as well. Um, Much more robust than uh, um, say a HP um, uh, has presently. Um, There's also VxRail offerings uh, uh, available with Dell. For those of you who want HCI systems, uh, you have various flavors from uh, Dell available Uh, on uh, VXRail across uh, uh, VMware, Nutanix, or uh, Microsoft Azure. Uh, So single socket, dual socket, or HCI systems, uh, the entire lineup is uh, pretty solid and we continue to add to this. Uh, We will also be introducing a GPU server uh, very shortly with Dell, uh, which will debut along with the uh, Milan CPUs coming up. Uh, HPC benchmarks, Again, we do really well. Uh, This is a category that uh, we do really well. Uh, From an SDI perspective, uh, the world record, uh, again, is with us. Um, um, And specifically for this audience who's looking at, say, uh, Docker containers, uh, there's a video uh, that shows how we perform against our competition, um, uh, how quickly uh, we can uh, help you uh, migrate your data. as compared between uh, uh, Intel and AMD solution. So you look at the thread saturation uh, levels between the two and the time taken, uh, both of it are really, really much better from an Epic uh, standpoint. Uh, this is a 64 core uh, uh, Epic CPU, the seven. Uh, zero two, uh, and the Intel Platinum is the top bin uh, Intel part, which is on the 20, uh, 28 core. Uh, so we have 2.2x, the container den- density, 83%, better performance, um, helped speed up the application uh, development and deployment. Uh, similar thing when it comes to CPU-based rendering, um, much better performance, uh, as you can see from this video again. So as you can see, uh, the time taken is much quicker. And uh, these are the reasons why uh, CDNs uh, uh, and also ATEM uh, have chosen um, uh, AMD platforms uh, uh, to render a lot of uh, the content that they have, because it takes much, much uh, uh, lower time. Uh, So that's CPU-based rendering. Uh, It's the same uh, when it goes to video encoding. Uh, There's a link to a YouTube video, uh, which I won't play right now. Uh, But uh, it's a similar story where we do much better in terms of video encoding, so your work can get done that much faster. Um, uh, Across uh, the board, it's not only uh, I specifically selected those videos uh, just to show this audience that when it comes to video delivery and uh, um, you know content rendering we do really well but it's uh, across the board across hpc sdi uh, big data and cloud we definitely have leadership uh, and as you can see the leadership is not a 5 10 20 percent benefit uh, you can see 2x 1.7x um, uh, you know the magnitude of difference is definitely uh, worth uh, trying and all of these platforms are actually uh, much lower price than what you are already paying for from a dual socket uh, standpoint today. I uh, also want to touch about uh, a new uh, product from AMD, which is again being uh, sold through our partners like Dell. Uh, this is the GPU. We have the MI100 series of GPUs that launched in December. Uh, this is available for sale today. Um, These uh, GPUs uh, um, are a part of the lineup. We plan to introduce a new GPU every six months in the market. So you'll see an MI150 coming out in the June timeframe and an MI200 coming out uh, in the December to Jan timeframe. So uh, we want to increase the uh, rollout of our GPUs. Uh, This is a seven nanometer GPU, and this is how it compares against the NVIDIA GPUs in the market. Uh, We are better than the V100 but uh, uh, we are below the A100 in certain comparisons uh, but our pricing is much lower than the A100 uh, so the uh, price performance uh, works out much better so you can actually have six GPU cards for the price that you pay for for, 4 A100 and the performance of these six cards um, outshine the four uh, cards that you might be using. And we also do better in specific workloads. So if you have any requirements for GPU, please do reach out uh, to the Dell team or myself. Um, So this is our contacts. Uh, We leave this uh, with you. Uh, If there's anything that you would like more details on, uh, any quotations that you would like us to send to you, uh, please reach out. Uh, That's me, that's my number. I'm based in Singapore. uh, And how I am from Dell is also in Singapore. Uh, these are our email IDs and phone numbers uh, to get in touch. Um, so with that, I will uh, hand it back uh, to Babu.
0: Thank you, Arun. That um, was a wonderful uh, session and uh, can't wait to get hold of the new Milan CPUs in our office this week.
2: It's on the way.
0: Looking forward to it. Thank you, Arun. Um, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. So, um, following the session from AMD with support from Dell, we would like to um, run through on how ATEM can able to help on um, uh, how efficiently we could able to leverage the uh, newer uh, model of CPUs, uh, processing capacities to aid to reduce the capex for the operators and how we can able to efficiently improve the latency of VQ, which is the bread and butter of the uh, video industry, right? Um, uh, Do we have uh, the control? Yeah, okay. Sorry. Okay, so before jumping into the solution, so I think I I would like to paint a picture on uh, where are we today with our current um, solution where how we are succeeding in providing a better solution When it comes to bandwidth savings where it helps uh, to lower the capex and opex for the customers as you can see in the um, uh, the representation where we put some uh, examples uh, across satellite cable and dth use cases Uh, it's very simple so a represents the use case of kodak b represents the current platform and c is where uh, how uh, ATEM provides the savings, be it with uh, density uh, improvements or be it with uh, transport improvements, be it with codec improvement or codec efficiency. Right. I, w- I wouldn't go into detail because I have a slide uh, to explain it even in detail, but uh, to provide a high level overview, as you can see on uh, satellite use cases. Uh, we were around thirty to fifty percent we are, we were able to bring around thirty to fifty percent savings on uh, the number of channels per transponder, which is uh, amazing uh, with the kind of efficiency we are bringing on the video codec um, uh, video codec compression. and uh, on the cable and DTS, you can see around the improvements to thirty to forty five percent. So this is quite uh, uh, efficient and uh, aid uh, the operators to increase their uh, capex and opex savings. On the um, uh, solution itself, uh, let's see what uh, makes a TEM solution uh, um, stand apart from the rest to, to address the uh, market. Um, Titan is the name of the software solution of ATEM, uh, addressing the commercial and uh, use cases, be it uh, for terrestrial, uh, satellite, cable, like your OTT. The contents could originate from anywhere from uh, stadiums or obi or from uh, cloud sources as well. So any in, any out is the uh, mantra of Titan software solution. Um, we will look into more detail on what Titan uh, is composed of. As a brief introduction, uh, as you can see, uh, Titan software solution offers um, decode, encode, package, a stat marks, playout, origination, and much more, right? So as the name suggests, it's more as a Lego where it can be able to be fine-tuned or to be matched to use case to use case, and also uh, capable to expand for the future-proof use cases as well uh, across uh, different verticals or across different uh, uh, use cases as well. As you can see, it can run on a GPU or CPU-based platform and orchestrated by uh, Kubernetes if if the customer prefers to run the solution, either in a private cloud or in a public cloud. We also offer a management solution, uh, which is supported by OpenAPI, uh, providing ability to uh, control uh, and and manage uh, the monitoring or redundancy of the system, and also uh, facilitate to uh, enable some scheduling tasks as such logo or, or, uh, statmux fine-tuning as well on your whole uh, platform right so that gives a summary of uh, what the software is composed of what what makes uh, titan uh, so uh, so efficient for customer is to uh, enable the customers to transition to full ip ecosystem Right, if you look at the diagram below, as you can see, the number of boxes you will need or number of components you will need with your current basement uh, based head end, which can be simplified by a uh, software solution which uh, supports uh, several leading uh, IP based solutions, such as 22-Shakes, which is supporting the SDL or IP, and new standards such as uh, uh, 2110 and also supporting on the output with uh, internet protocols, transport internet protocols, such as SRT, ZIXI, and CMF as well for the OTT, right? So how this is achieved is through uh, supporting the legacy uh, workflows with the PCI boards on uh, the current server platforms is uh, how we integrate the software with uh, all these PCI boards to enable these legacy workflows also can be supported with the new Server forms, new software, software versions as well. So what it results is removing all the silos, removing all the SDI glue, which is going to save you a lot in terms of number of boxes, number of servers, number of racks, power. On top, also it's going to save a lot of CapEx and uh, OpEx on the licensing as well. Moving on, we can able to see that uh, how it efficiently uh, support your, resource, your resources usage addressing the greener solution, which is uh, quite a big topic for most of the uh, uh, tier one companies today. But as you can see, as, as you have seen in the previous slides, it's pure software solution from ATEM, no depreciation on the uh, software uh, support or the software product today. Uh, fast time to market, uh, can be able to uh, work with any kind of server models, any kind of CPU models, so provides that if you want to do a migration with your current hardware to the newer uh, EPICS from AMD, newer server models from Dell, we can still be able to do the transition. And uh, the software is elastic as you've seen as a Lego. So you could start with just encode, but you could able to expand your current use case towards play out or to support your stat marks or your origination, et cetera, right? Um, on the green solution, how do we achieve is that you don't have to replace Uh, your servers, or you don't have to replace your CPUs every time, so we support the containerization model as well, so as you can see, so you go with uh, uh, a use case by use case, but all supported in one software. So, which means that lower number of servers, on-premises and flexible with your operations with different use cases, and uh, low CPU usage on the cloud if you wanna migrate from your on-premise solution to the cloud solution. So, as you see in the last line, so what does Atom drives through is uh, riding on Moosla, where, where every few years or every couple of years, where you can see the speed and uh, capability of your computers improve. Right? It could be processor, it could be server uh, design, etc. But what it brings on table is one software which is flexible to adapt to these improvements, where it right? can able to enhance your use cases. Right. can able to enhance to the new uh, features such as 4K, 8K, albeit with new codecs, et cetera. Okay, so don't, don't be afraid of uh, too many wordings here, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, try to make it simple for you. This paints the whole picture of uh, the use cases or the scenarios where we could able to help on uh, different operators. Um, as you can see for the cable, the pain points of bottleneck is always the QAM uh, bandwidth, right? So on your HFC uh, shared network, how we could able to address is on efficient compression. So for example, uh, be it MPEG-2, be it MPEG-4 or the latest HVC, we were efficient and we were able to show that we could able to increase more number of channels per uh, QAM where it results an in increase of 50% uh, density on one user. Right, so that addresses both when it comes to number of servers, plus uh, when it comes to uh, the savings on QAM as well, right? And on IPTV, as you can see, the challenges today is to bring more HD sessions with your current uh, network and to enable new use cases such as UHE and uh, enable more DVR recordings per uh, session as well. So how you can achieve, you can able to, uh, if you can able to bring down the, uh, your bit rates for your uh, current services, be it MP4, be it HVC. Uh, so this will en- enhance the uh, your CBI efficiency, which will enable to bring around 30% increase on number of channels per home. And uh, you can able to enable the new services such as UHD as well. And when you're migrating towards uh, adaptive bitrate or cloud, Uh, DVR, where this bitrate savings is gonna help you to uh, figure out how you wanna size up your cluster as well. On DTH and satellite, uh, pretty much as we can see, the bandwidth savings is the uh, key, where you wanna add more channels per transponder or per mux, and uh, where you want to do more rack and power savings with whatever product you have, right? Which is where uh, ATEM can able to help. Today, we see around 50% increase uh, in the number of channels Server, which is also uh, not uh, compromising the VQ or the density, so so it, it works uh, hand in hand, and we were able to prove and demonstrate that we can able to increase the density, plus uh, enhance or even retain the VQ on uh, certain use cases. Coming to the OTT um, today, the challenge or the pain points what you see is the uh, delivery of uh, the OTT content itself, right? Today, the cost uh, across the chain is quite uh, quite few, right? Be it uh, origin, be it CDN savings, be it uh, all network savings as well. This is all the pain points which uh, customers want to look to optimize. So, with compression, with bitrate savings, you could able to uh, deliver less uh, data traffic, let, less gigabit traffic on your CDN, and you can able to enhance or or add um, new service or new uh, type of uh, services such as UHD or even VR with your current uh, pipe itself without uh, increasing the uh, bandwidth, which is going to include both uh, savings on your cost, which you invest on your network, cost which you invest on your servers and uh, storage as well, right? So thus it will enable you to uh, have new codec or even new resolution, or even having new technologies to adapt such as CNAF. So, all with one single software of type. So, um, just to uh, summarize here, the uh, percentage I put here on the better processor is based on SAMI 702, uh, which is from AMD uh, ROM series. Okay, so. Just wanted to uh, highlight a bit on HEVC, as uh, today the trend is quite uh, fast and uh, we could see a lot of wider adoption on uh, HEVC product. And what it brings on uh, the table and uh, how ATEM uh, visualizes today with our Titan uh, HEVC savings, where for ISPs, as I said on the previous slide, uh, offers around 50% savings on their uh, bandwidth, over two to three years uh, when the infrastructure grows and when the subscriber uh, streaming grows. For the service providers, enables them to uh, having more uh, services or even introduce more uh, what services uh, per transformer. On CDN, as we can see today with, uh, with MPEG-4, you uh, have around seven to nine profiles. With HEVC, we can able to achieve the desired uh, qualities with HEVC uh, with four profiles itself. So that it brings around 50% savings on uh, your number of profiles, which translates around savings on your network, uh, storage and caching as well. On service providers, of course, with 422 uh, quality uh, content, it enables to um, uh, do the uh, contribution or reduce bitrate. Thus, it saves a lot of OPEX and uh, brings savings on your transponder density as well, which means more channels per transponder, uh, which means that more savings. And faster time to market, which uh, today, uh, there are several uh, use cases where we can see or where we see with customers that they will have to upgrade their whole head end just to support uh, certain use cases or certain uh, codec because of the uh, uh, density requirement, et cetera. Thanks to uh, Attem, where you can able to, uh, the uh, efficient compression where we can able to achieve with some of the uh, old uh, gen hardware or uh, CPUs, which I don't want to mention here, but we have some use cases where we were able to support and also provide a transition plan on how they can able to migrate to a newer uh, set of servers where they can able to address new market needs New services or uh, how uh, and how they can be able to uh, save on the integration cost um, as well. And as a last slide uh, on uh, addressing the codec, uh, we've seen MPEG four, we've seen uh, HEVC, but on top, uh, Atom is also uh, part of standardization uh, body. Most of the uh, um uh, bodies where we can able to see that uh, we are part of uh, uh, all the standard bodies where you can see with that the impact uh, dvb we are very uh, active uh, participants we have two teams based in uh, our HQ or, or contributing heavily to heavily to the standards so today with uh AV1 uh, we, we have uh, already started our uh, demonstrations on certain uh, customers uh, where use case by use case it differs and on top, uh, we are ready with EVC and VVC, as you can see on the timeline, So, which will be also uh, supported with our Titan software. On top, uh, we are also gearing up for AV2, where we could able to bring uh, more advancements uh, towards on top of the AV1. So in overall, we can already see that uh, all these codecs are, bring, are going to bring uh, savings above 50% compared to what HEVC is bringing on table today. So um, with the new EPYC, with the new um, uh, server models or new uh, codecs coming from the market, we are quite confident that uh, with the support of uh, Titan software, with the support of uh, enhanced uh, CPU, we'll be able to provide more savings when it comes to compression. And uh, we could be able to bring more savings on the number of servers you need uh, per 1RU, uh, uh, per rack. And also, which is going to translate into the savings on uh, the power, um, the cooling, and also on the licenses you are currently doing today. So um, that's uh, summarizing the slides for uh, Atom Femi.
1: Thank you, uh, Babu. Uh, thank you, uh, Arun. Uh, it's quite an interesting session on how. Uh, AMD is uh, having an awesome roadmap, especially uh, when it comes to both CPU as well as uh, GPU and on how uh, ATEM can use uh, these uh, processing power, ever increasing processing power to improve uh, both video quality and also help in deployment of uh, new uh, and upcoming uh, codecs. So as we have uh, come to... uh, not really am i on mute no 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 uh yeah i have a few questions and um, i think uh, we have some time uh, as well to take uh, a few questions before uh, we move on to the next session so question to arun arun uh, this is a question from someone using uh, intel as their current platform and he would like to know whether His applications will work on uh, AMD servers?
2: Sure, Uh, that's a great question. Uh, Yes, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the industry still uses Intel uh, because it's been around for a long time. Uh, The Intel and AMD CPUs are based on the x86 platform and architecture. Uh, So 99%, if not all 100% should work on the AMD CPUs. That said, there might be some software compilers, uh, um, uh, some customized apps which uh, might need some tweaking to work on the uh, AMD platforms. Uh, but we've seen most of the standard uh, software works just fine across uh, uh, Intel and AMD. And ATEM is a big example. Uh, you guys were on Intel as well and now on, on AMD. Um, so we don't see uh, much of an issue. Um, 99% of the apps should work seamlessly.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. So Aaron, one more question to you. So when will the new uh, Milan range of AMD servers CPUs be available in APAC?
2: Fantastic question. Uh, So the Milan uh, CPUs are on the way to Babu as we speak. It's probably going to 8 a.m. tomorrow is what I understand. Uh, Dell is going to have the systems ready to ship, Bertrand, I think by
1: 17 uh,
3: uh, March. 17 March is the official launch for the new Milan process on the Dell platforms. Uh, I would say that uh, usually on the first day of launch, uh, it's ready to quote, but ready to ship is about uh, plus one to two weeks from there. So to be safe, uh, end March would be a very safe indication. Okay.
1: Thanks
2: for your time. it's great to see the interest. And uh, I also saw some question in the chat. I tried to answer it, but I think it went into uh, some mode where I couldn't answer it.
1: Yeah, so one of the question uh, from Martin uh, was, uh, and I thought it was answered, but uh, OK. So he's looking for comparison for standard 1U mono CPU platform versus 2U uh, high dense platforms such as uh, C6525. That's uh, four uh, four CPUs I believe. And uh, yeah. if there is any kind of uh, price comparison for such uh, between these two kind of platforms.
3: Um, is, Go okay. ahead. So let me take that question. So the, the naming conventions from the uh, Dell uh, AMD series of uh, servers, right? Anything you see with a six, the first number is a six, that is a one U form factor. Uh, five means the next five is 15th generation, which is the latest generation. Two or one means the next number which is two or one, that will mean one socket or two socket. And the last number at the back, which is a five, that is a AMD base processor. So uh, with this naming convention, right, so far we do have. Uh, one U with one CPU, two U with one CPU, or two U with two CPUs. So I'm not really sure about the four single CPUs you're referring to. That could be another series and model which we have yet to launch. Uh, I, unfortunately, I cannot mention that model on this this call, but we're more than happy to share the information uh, on that later model. I believe, Aaron, you will know uh, exactly which model I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um,
1: so, do let us
3: know if I have answered your question.
1: Thank you yeah, very so much we
2: will be happy
1: to respond to you uh, martin yes. so martin yes. uh, if you could uh, kindly send your question uh, to your contact in atem uh, that will be a really good uh, way to follow up on that thank you uh, a few more questions i think we still have some time uh, and this one is specifically to uh, dell um, so how how do you guys uh, so both uh, you know atem uh, we work with dell and uh, we want to understand how both ATEM and Dell work together, especially to handle supply ch- supply chain concerns for global projects. So I guess Dell, uh, it would be really awesome if you guys can answer that question. Yeah,
4: sure. Uh, I'll take that uh, the question. Um, maybe later, you know, Bertram, you can add on to, you know, uh, re- responses. So basically, um, you know, ATEM and Dell, we have this uh, relationship that's, uh, Know both regional as well as global. What we what is called as OEM, right? So as part of this um, uh, relationship, um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, you know we work together. There's a lot of collaboration in terms of uh, engineering, in terms of like for example, you know, access to some of this uh, early access into uh, you know the CPUs and all that, which you know Atom gets to test and all that. Now what comes out of that is that um, uh, the collaboration is such that. Uh, Within our factory as well, uh, as well in Dell, Uh, we do have a rack space that is uh, you know dedicated just for Atom. And uh, when you talk about supply chain, this is where uh, you know we work together very closely on projects, uh, ensuring that uh, you know um, as part of the OEM appliance model, right? uh, You know the processors, the CPUs, the parts, uh, the components are. You know, look after, right? So, uh, are supported throughout the lifetime of the, um, the, the solution that Atom has. Now, uh, in the factory, we do a lot of customization as well together with Atom, right? So, uh, part of this customization ensures that um, when we ship this, you know, together with Atom to uh, customers, uh, they're the on-site, um, you know, uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, how we support it, it's all taken care of. Yeah. Um, Bertram, anything to add to this question? Uh,
3: I think this, you pretty much covered everything. <laughs> uh, key thing here is that uh, the relationship between Dell and Atom uh, is strong is because uh, at Dell, we have a uh, very strong manufacturing and supply chain. And uh, what we can do is that we basically accentuate the business model of what Atom is uh, having, uh, both regionally as well as globally. And this helps to uh, foster a stronger relationship, especially when the market demands is so high these days, whereby uh, there's a lot of global competition and uh, due to the pandemic, there's a lot of shipping issues. We work very closely with our atom to resolve such challenges as well. So uh, think of it as a partnership, right? So this this partnership is literally a journey, which uh, in fact, we have been uh, growing this for many years. And uh, through this journey, uh, we have added more things such as like Kahan has mentioned earlier, customization, uh, things like uh, program management, things like uh change management processes, uh, updating of the CPUs on platform, so and so forth. The list goes on. So, uh, our relationship with Atom is no longer just uh you know a manufacturer and Atom is a customer. Is saying to them, it's more very really much more like a partnership. I hope I answered that question.
1: Yes, good. Um, so question to both Atom and Dell on this one: How uh, Dell and Atom can support my regional project? So you know. A part of our uh, biggest uh, job is always uh, after the sales or after sales service um, support. And how how can you guys uh, how are you guys helping customers on this
0: path? Maybe I can take this, and uh, how you can add me uh, yeah. Add on top. yeah. So um, for Atom um, today, we are based in around five countries. Is on top of uh, a few countries where we are, are getting support from the partners. So, namely, today we have offices across uh, Singapore, uh, India, China, Korea, and Australia. We do. All, we do also have a team uh, based in uh, Vietnam. We do also have a team based in uh, Malaysia, where we can able to support as well uh, whenever there is uh, deployments or projects. On top, we also have our, uh, our partners or resellers on uh, selected countries where we don't have the presence, but we have uh, them to support us on many any, any issues when it comes to uh, Dell or even Natel products. On top, uh, on um, the Dell products, we also have uh, back-to-back with uh, Dell, with the support, with the phone uh, support, with the on-site support, etc., with different SLA levels based on the projects. So this way we are uh, quite uh, spread and uh, present across the pack on uh, to to address the needs whenever there is uh, ATEM deployments or atom plus deployments.
4: Okay, I'll add on to that. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Pagu So um, as part of the OEM, um, you know, partnership that we have between you know Dell and atom, um, you know, one of the things that uh, really uh, you know useful in supporting you know regional projects is where um, you know, we talk about a dedicated OEM queue just for Atom. Uh, this is where uh, you know, when there's you know, you know, you know, Touchwood, you know, things happen and then things break down. Uh, this is where that dedicated OEM queue is very important, uh, whereby uh, you know, Atom has uh, you know, um, you know, direct access into uh, our level two, level even, level three engineering as well. And This is where uh, you know, we can help. You know, together with Atom, uh, your regional projects, especially when you do deployment in a um, you know a, a remote destination and all that. Now, having said that, uh, I think Bertram touched a bit about this as well, uh, especially for uh, complex uh, deployment in terms of projects. Uh, you know, uh, depending on the complexity, you know, we uh, work together uh, prior to you know delivering or deploying um, the the um, you know the systems. At your regional uh, sites, yeah. Um, for example, uh, during the COVID, uh, you know, when uh, a lot of the uh, logistics are uh, impacted, uh, we were able to deliver a large project together with Atom uh, for Atom's customer, uh, whereby we we were you know we work on staging it you know in a particular site and shipping it out uh, to that uh, location. So these are examples where. The partnership so strong uh, between Atom and Dell uh, to the extent that you know uh, we work very closely together uh, pre deployment, post deployment, and also during support of uh, you know your regional projects. I hope that answer your questions.
1: Yes, thank you. I still have one more question. Uh, the questions to uh, Babu, Babu, with the uh, next generation video codecs, like uh, for example, VBC would uh, these codecs be supported on the existing uh, Dell servers? Uh,
0: yes, today we see that we can able to support between mp 2 MPEG-4 and HEVC across uh, the older-gen models of uh, with Intel towards AMD as well with the newer ROM uh, model. So the software is uh, as such to leverage on the cores and threads of an hardware or a CPU. So we don't see a challenge where we will be able to uh, have a challenge to support any new codec unless and until if there is a specific need of uh, a minimum core requirements or minimum thread requirements, we don't see any other issues besides that to support any new codecs.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Babu. Thank you so much. So uh, guys, uh, with this, uh, we have uh, reached, uh, if there are no more questions, uh, we have reached the end of this session. And, uh, I believe the next session, uh, Very, I would say a a huge thank you to all the participants and to the uh, panelists uh, on this uh, session. And the upcoming session is uh, again with uh, a few partners of ours, uh, Blue Lucy and Intera. And what uh, we would be discussing is on the next generation supply chain and how we would be delivering efficiency and precision on this uh, using this ecosystem. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you very much again.
2: Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
4: Have a good day.
0: Now, we are at the end of the 15th podcast. If you want to find out more, you can go to the ATEM.com website or follow us on LinkedIn. Next time, we will cover next-gen supply chain delivering efficiency and precision. Don't miss out!